You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, what's up? Before you listen, I have a quick request from you. While you're over here listening, go ahead on down, give us a rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple Music. Let us know how much you appreciate what we bring, the conversation, the dialogue. Tell us how it supports you. Give us that good five star. We appreciate you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. So I'm going to apologize in advance in case you hear noise, they're working outside and it just so happens this is when I'm recording. Oh, well, here we go. So... I wanted to have a conversation with you because very often we are conditioned in life to think about things in the basis of, I have a question and I want an answer. And I think that 2020 has been no exception to that rule because when COVID came around, there were a lot of questions, very little answers, you know, and when the social unrest really became the undercurrent of the majority of the year. After George Floyd was murdered, there were even more questions and a lot less answers. And for some people, there were questions that were coming up that weren't new. You know, is this a thing? Has this always been a thing? Is this new? How did I miss this? How do I fix this? And a lot of us are like, uh, yeah, so this is not new. This isn't something that just popped up. It's been here. And while I wish you would have realized it earlier, here we are. Thank you for joining the fight. Appreciate you. And so I personally... And I won't even speak to anyone else's experiences. This is me speaking to what I personally experienced or what I personally saw or was, or, you know, was, was kind of mentioned to me from others around me with the general energy that was popping up. And a lot of it really was based in, I have questions and I want and need answers. I expect answers. So first off, I want to just acknowledge the fact that this expectation that you're going to ask a question or present a problem or a challenge and you're going to automatically get an answer, that's a white supremacy mindset. So 
You're not entitled to getting an answer, particularly to a question that nobody has a straight and definitive answer to. That has been a question that people have had for, shit, generations at best, at best, you know, 16, 19 and beyond, you know, between now and then. And, you know, there was a lot of urgency. Again, a, a white supremacist way of acting, thinking, or being in that, oh, this has to be fixed now. I have to figure this out now. I need an answer now. And, you know, there were a lot of questions that, honestly, some of them were good questions, but there were just no good answers to them. And it wasn't because no one wanted to answer them. It was really because there is no straight answer. You know, how do I fix this? You know, if you're referencing racism, there's no straight answer. If you're referencing bigotry, there is no straight answer. If you're referencing systemic racism and its roots and impact on business and life, there's no straight answer. And so it's really important that if you are seeking being better, doing this work, seeing where you can create equity, build bridges where there were none. You have to first and foremost understand that you are likely going to come into this with more questions. (laughs) You're actually, I'll take that back. You're going to leave with more questions than you came in with. You're going to come in with a lot. But you have to understand that when you leave, the questions are going to look a little different. They're going to feel a little different. But you're not going to leave with the types of answers and solutions that you're looking for. I have had some clients that have come to me and there is sometimes this, how can I put it? It's almost like there's this feeling of like frustration or anxiety because, you know, they're, they're kind of looking for, you know, what do I do? What can I do? You know, what's next? And there's definitely that fear of getting it wrong, but there's this place of like, you know, we, we have a problem. There must be a solution. There must be you know, a clear and linear way to move forward in which to figure this out and figure out what do we all need to do. And that's not what happens. You have to first realize that not everybody wants a solution because there are some people that believe that that solution means that they are going to lose something, that something is going to be taken away from them, that it is a zero sum game of I give to you, I'd lose. And so you first have to recognize that everybody is not seeking a solution. And even for those that are, these solutions look different because these problems have a lot of layers and a lot of context and nuance to them. They're, they're not just as simple as, oh, well, there's racism in the housing market. You know, how people are given loans, how people are shown houses, where you can live. Let's fix that. Eh. That's a little bigger than just let's fix that. And it's also bigger than just that because that doesn't even begin to touch how that impacts education, how that impacts access to jobs, how that impacts the creation of food deserts. Like there's so much if this, then that in it. And so what you don't want to do is get so stuck in trying to identify this one way that if you... You can just find the A, B, C, and D to fix this thing, then you're good. And you have to first and foremost remember that your responsibility is going to be to fix you. Because I am a huge proponent 
of top down and bottom up. There's a lot of people that look at any type of anti-racism or DEI work and think, you know, you can go and talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. You can go have people confront their racism, but we need to fix policy. We need to fix the rules and regulations that are allowing these things to happen. And I agree. No disagreements for me at all. But in addition to that, I also believe that you can change all the rules and regulations that you want. If you don't change the fact that you have people that are unwilling to follow the rules. There are rules set in place and still we watched a police officer murder George Floyd on film for eight minutes and 46 seconds. There's rules in place and it still let it happen because what some don't recognize there is that there are rules set in place that made it so that when officers unfortunately do things like this, because I do not think that is every officer, so I want to make that clear. But when when this happens, there are rules so that, you know, they can't be directly sued. Like there's all of these pieces that are like, oh, no, you can't go after them. And there's essentially things set in place that have taxpayers paying into funds in order to be able to pay off the families of these types of events. And so, you know, I was watching Trevor Noah and there was a you know, a great segment on it. And to put it bluntly, <laughs> Dulce laid it out like, so you mean I'm paying the police to whip my ass? Which basically, if we're putting it blunt, that's what it is. Because as a taxpayer, you're paying into this fund, which then is paid out to people that have experienced police brutality. That is the rule. And so this isn't just about changing the rules. Because people are thinking about just the rules that they see. There's a whole lot of other rules that shouldn't even exist. However, even if you change that, people still have to be willing to follow it. People have to be on board to the desire for equity. And there has to be this place of people being willing to say that I don't want this just for me. My scarcity thinking and that is pie and I got eight pieces and I'm not giving you one. Like that, that has to stop. Because I don't care what rules you change, if people say, fuck your rules, it won't matter. And so it has to be top down and bottom up. Because if you have all these rules and yet you have all of this discontent within communities, you can have the rules, but the mistreatment and the energy of you are still lesser than doesn't go away. When there were things within the civil rights movement that changed whether or not you could use the same water fountain or sit at the same lunch counter, that didn't mean that all of a sudden black people were equal. It just meant they got to get mistreated closer. That's what it meant. It didn't mean that all of a sudden white people looked at black people and said, you know, you are equal to me. No, they just got to look at you and call you a nigga to your face. Right there, next seat at the lunch counter. That's what it meant. That's what it meant, which is why you have to take the time to break down your own implicit bias, break down where these things show up that you're not even aware of because changing the rules does not mean that you're all of a sudden aware of all the things that kept those rules in place. All of the structures, mental, physical, and otherwise that supported these things. That's where you have a responsibility to break down those things. This is where as small business owners, we have an opportunity to impact a workforce 
because we take up so much space as compared to the bigger companies in the sense that they're bigger companies, but there's more small businesses. And so it can seem like, oh, I'm small. What can I do? You can do a hell of a lot, especially if you do it and then other people, you know, do it. And then the people they know do it. And it just keeps spreading out. It's not always about how much you as one person can do. It's how much reach can you create that then just continues to fan out. You know, kind of like that, it takes a million raindrops to fill an ocean type of thing. But if, it, I hate to say this, but it's almost like an MLM. One person does it and then you got a downline of this and then a downline of this. It snowballs, it really does. And so I think you have to just stay focused on the outcome. And you have to remember that there is a lot of work to be done. You don't have to do it alone. But don't let this work be centered solely on seeking answers to your questions because you will leave with more questions than answers. You will leave with different questions than you arrived with. But if you maintain your motivation, the possibility is there. If you have questions and you are trying to figure out what does this look like for you and you're nervous to do it alone and you're just not quite sure how to start, what to do, how you personally can impact it and how your business can impact it as well. We can talk about that. You can go on over to ericacorday.com, set up a consultation call with me. We can talk through what your options look like, what support can be for you. Because there's all types of options. Are you someone that needs to work one-on-one? Do you want to bring a workshop into your community or into the, the group of people that you work with? Or is it that you need to be in the community with other people that are doing this pause on the play? The community is an option as well. But all of these things are options that we can talk about once you're willing to get that dialogue started. So again, go on over to ericacorday.com. Go ahead and set up your consultation with me or drop me an email, contact me. Let's get this going. We can do this. You can do this. And I want you to remember, this is something that always matters to me. This is why I'm doing this. And I know that I don't have to do it alone and neither do you. I love being here and creating the bridge for you to walk over to become the change that you want to see. So as always, keep the dialogue going. See you next time. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?